Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooden. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The human body is complicated, and a lot of us who are wandering around in one have a perhaps less than complete idea of how it works. So let's talk about it. Today, let's talk specifically about how conception works. Don't worry, or apologies, I'm not getting graphic. We're mostly talking about cells. Most people who are assigned female at birth are born with millions of immature eggs, which are contained in fluid-filled sacs called follicles within the ovaries. Hundreds of these will mature over the course of the person's lifetime, about one per month, from the onset of puberty through menopause. People who get a period get them in cycles that repeat about every 28 days, though it's normal for cycles to last anywhere from 21 to 35 days, or even as much as 45 days for young people. Between periods, ovulation happens, in which a mature egg releases from one of the two ovaries. Ovulation usually occurs about a week before or after a woman's period, 
though it can be very irregular and can occur even during the period itself. Here's how it happens. Once every cycle, the hypothalamus in the brain sends a signal to the pituitary gland to release follicle-stimulating hormone. This hormone prompts several follicles to begin developing the immature egg that they each contain. One of these will usually grow dominant over the others, and within two to three days following its maturity, the follicle will rupture and release the egg out of the wall of the ovary and into the fallopian tube, which connects the ovary to the uterus. Some people feel an ache in their ovary during ovulation. You can also sometimes tell if you're ovulating because your cervical secretions will be wetter and more slippery. And ovulation usually causes a small dip in body temperature followed by a spike. So people often measure their temperature when trying to detect ovulation. But back down to the cellular level. The follicle that initially released the egg sends out a call for increased estrogen and progesterone production. These hormones are the body's cue that an egg is now mature and that it should get ready to nurture it in case it gets fertilized. Normally, only one egg passes from either of the two ovaries through its fallopian tube and only once per cycle. Sometimes two eggs, or rarely more, are released within a single 24-hour span. If multiple eggs are fertilized, it can result in a multiple fraternal pregnancy. But a mature egg only has about 24 hours to find a partner, a keymaster to its gatekeeper, a sperm cell that can penetrate the egg's outer layer. It's normal for 3 out of 10 sperm cells to be abnormally formed and for 4 out of 10 to be bad swimmers. The odds are poor for any single sperm cell. For one thing, it has about a quarter billion competitors that will be joining it in the vagina. Within minutes of ejaculation, most of the sperm cells released will die due to the acidic nature of the vagina. They're viewed, initially at least, by the person's immune system as foreign bodies that should be destroyed. From there, they must enter the cervix, swim through the cervical mucus, enter the uterus, and find the opening to the fallopian tube. The fallopian tube is where fertilization usually occurs. As opposed to the vagina, it's a really friendly, nutrient-filled environment for both the sperm and the egg. The fallopian tubes also contain tiny hair-like structures called cilia that help pass the egg through the tube from the ovary toward the uterus. The journey is only about 4 inches or 10 centimeters in length, but takes several days. Of the millions of sperm that initially enter the cervix, there may be anywhere from one to a couple hundred that arrive at the fallopian tube. They can survive there for a few days, and like I said, an egg survives for about 24 hours, so a sexual encounter either before or after ovulation can result in a pregnancy. Sperm have receptors that allow them to detect eggs, or rather to detect progesterone. Eggs are surrounded by cells that release progesterone, and sperm cells get really active when an egg is present. Progesterone makes sperm so active that they slough off layers of proteins. That surge in activity, along with the loss of those proteins, enables sperm to pierce the egg. This process is called capacitation. The head of the sperm, once making contact with the exterior of the egg, will more or less pop, releasing enzymes that allow it to cross through the barrier. Once a sperm cell penetrates the exterior of the egg, fertilization occurs. Uh, The sperm's DNA payload is delivered as it's absorbed by the egg. 
and as the two combine, a complete genetic blueprint is formed. Once a single sperm enters the egg, the egg's protective protein covering changes and doesn't allow other sperm to enter, usually. Meanwhile, the uterus, prompted by those hormonal signals released by the follicle that formed the egg, will have created an internal lining called an endometrium, a rich in blood and nutrients that's prepared to house and nurture the egg should it become fertilized. If no fertilization occurs, the egg disintegrates into the uterine lining, and the uterus sloughs it off and passes it out through the vagina during the person's period. But if fertilization does occur, that's conception, and the fertilized egg is known as a zygote. Information encoded in the collective DNA of the egg and sperm cell instructs the zygote to continue its development. Within 24 hours after forming, a zygote will begin the process of cellular division. A solid cluster of cells forms up within what's called a blastocyst, a hollow structure that the mass of cells continues to develop within. If everything goes right, the cluster of cells inside the structure will become an embryo, while the outer wall will become the placenta and other nutrient-providing tissues that the growing embryo will need. But first, the zygote makes that four-day journey down the fallopian tube toward the uterus, aided by those tiny cilia lining the tube. By the fifth day, the zygote should have made its way into the uterus, and by the sixth, the mass of cells will hatch from the thin-walled sac. And now the blastocyst is ready to make direct contact with the endometrium. If it does, the endometrium and the blastocyst exchange hormones, allowing the blastocyst to connect to the uterine wall, a process known as implantation. Uh, people may experience about 48 hours of light bleeding or spotting during this process, which can sometimes be mistaken for a period. As this process occurs, the cervix will be closed with a mucus plug. Uh, with the zygote, now known as an embryo, safely in the blood and nutrient-rich uterine lining, the pregnancy has taken a big step toward viability because it's only in this environment that the embryo can grow and that the pregnant person's body can withstand the enormous nutritive demands of that growing embryo. Again, this is assuming that everything goes right. Human bodies are complicated, and there are all kinds of things that can go wrong that aren't anybody's fault. Only one-third or fewer zygotes survive to become embryos. About one in every 50 will implant somewhere that isn't the uterus and will have to be removed. That's called an ectopic pregnancy, and it can't be reimplanted because, as we've covered, the implantation is part of the growing embryo. And even after a pregnancy is clinically confirmed, about 1 in 10 will end in spontaneous miscarriage before 20 weeks, and sometimes the dead embryo will have to be removed. Sometimes the developmental process goes wrong after that, and the fetus will never be able to live outside of the womb. Pregnancy is a whole other episode, or mini-series, really. But all of these possibilities are why it's so important for people who can become pregnant to have access to reproductive information and health care. We like to say around here that the world is understandable and worth understanding. And that includes the worlds within ourselves. Today's episode is based on the article, Understanding the Conception Process, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Tom Sheave. 
BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.